0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Croc Talk TV podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about some young, rising star receivers, myself and my guy, Jason Aponte. What up, man?
1: We made it. What's up, Croc? What's going on, bro?
0: So, we're going to talk about some young guys. And I mean, I have guys on the docket that I, I felt like are guys that are kind of polarizing who they are and what they're doing in the league. And we can kind of talk about the trajectory of, you know, where we see those guys headed. But if there are other young guys that you want to talk about and kind of who you see, maybe even outplaying these guys or, or being more uh, productive than these guys, then we can get into that as well. So, you know, the, the three guys that I brought up, AJ Brown, there was somebody that told me that he's an elite receiver. So I definitely want to discuss that. Mm-hmm. DJ that calf. At certain points of last year, he looked like maybe the best receiver in the league. Then he kind of t- tapered off a little bit later. And then Justin Jefferson. I mean, after one year, I broke the you know, record for most yards in the season, right at 1,400 uh, for a rookie, which is amazing. A lot of guys thought he was a slot receiver coming into the NFL, so it was really good to see him be extremely productive. But those are three guys that I kind of wanted to kind of talk about, man. So um, let's get started first with A.J. Brown, all right? And I don't know how much you looked at you know A.J. Brown coming out of college, but what what were your thoughts on, on him coming from uh, Ole Miss?
1: Well, you know, when anybody really croc comps somebody to like Terrell Owens and you hear those, those sort of comps thrown around, you automatically get skeptical, right? And it's him and DK Metcalf at Ole Miss at the same time. And, you know, you thought A.J. Brown was going to be really good. Then you see the landing spot with the Titans. So you start to say, okay, how does that fit in? You know that they want to run the ball and things like that. A.J. Brown is very impressive to me, croc, and I think he's right there on the cusp of being elite. And Now, I think uh, because a lot of times fantasy football players, they get kind of like crapped on for just being about the stats and stuff. But honestly, those are the guys that watch guys out of college straight through. And we watch them because we want to see their trajectories. And you start to learn a little bit more about him. He gets better as it goes along, honestly. Now you've got guys out of the way. Corey Davis isn't there. John o. Smith is gone. You're about to see A.J. Brown get peppered with targets. So and, and you know, the other thing, too, Crock, it's so funny, man. Didn't he say he had something wrong with both his knees last year when he was playing like that he's oh, he dang. had like yeah yeah that he had like some sort of either I don't know if it was torn ligaments or something like that but he said that last year he was playing on two injured knees that's all cleaned wow. up now at this point. So when you think about Tennessee and the way they run their offense, and you know this crack, it's all about play action, setting that up with, uh, with Derrick Henry and then taking shots downfield because Tannehill's accurate. But honestly, man, I don't think A.J. Brown gets the love for the other routes that he runs. Yes, everything that Arthur Smith kind of called was a little bit further down the field, and that's a result of play action and stuff like that. But I think that he does everything really well. So when people tell you that he's elite, I think he's approaching that very, very... Very, like, it's hard to say that right now, because when you think of elite, how many elite receivers are in the league, right? Would you say 10, 12? I
0: say, I don't even think that. So, like, when when I think elite, I'm thinking of a class, like, it's like, these guys are in a class of their own. So, typically, elite, you got about three to five guys, maybe, that are elite. And then after that, you have guys that are really good. So, that was my pushback with A.J. Brown, where I'm like, hey, really good receiver trending it definitely in the right direction. Um, You know, I would like to see him be, you know, a little bit more productive. And and, and I get it. Some of it's because of the offense. I mean, you got Derrick Henry, you got a quarterback that's not throwing the ball 40 times a game, right? right? Um, And like you said, sharing the ball with guys like John Smith and Corey Davis. But I would like to see, you know, just can I get a little bit more than, you know, 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards? Can you start getting that range? And when you start to kind of stack up Seasons like that, then I start kind of throwing more of the elite tag around. Because I think when when you look at guys, we've seen plenty of guys come around and have productive seasons. But the guys like Julio Jones, the Odell Beckhams, especially early on in his career, you know, those guys stack those seasons up year after year after year. I, I don't think anybody, aside from maybe me, would say that, Uh, Mike Evans is elite right like you don't hear people really say Mike Evans elite but who's been more productive than him over the last six seven years of his career
1: dude that's what's funny about it is I had the same conversation with Jared on our podcast about it when we were talking about his top 10 receiver list and we were saying who are guys that are playing right now that maybe you think are on the trajectory of being top 10 Mike Evans has seven straight 1,000 yard seasons no one's ever done that no one nobody in this league ever and he did that with Jameis and obviously now Tom Brady's there but Mike Evans never gets that love either honestly when you think about that when you start to think about the guys in his range who've played seven years nobody ever brings up Mike Evans in that discussion I agree with you 100%
0: yeah it's crazy so you know, we're talking about A.J. Brown and maybe, you know, what he is now. We, we we see the big physical, you know, receiver. I think he's done a tremendous job really after the catch. That's where he made a lot of his money, right, being this really strong, aggressive receiver. But, fast as well, you threw out, you know, Terrell Owens, and that was what a lot of people I think are missing with Terrell Owens, right? Like this big physical receiver, but he's outrunning everybody. He's throwing guys mm-hmm. off of him. We've seen a lot of that from A.J. Brown. What do you think about A.J. Brown moving forward? Do you think maybe this is the year that he's more productive? Will he be able to – you talked about there not being a Jonu Smith. You talked about there not being a Corey Davis. Now, will teams start to roll coverages more towards him? How does he deal with the double coverages? Do you think that we'll see a dip in his production, or do you think he'll continue to uh, uh, keep trending upward?
1: I mean, as sure as sure volume, he's going to have more. And I understand the whole idea of rolling coverages because why wouldn't you at this point? Right now, on the other side of him is Josh Reynolds, and I believe they they drafted Dez Kirkpatrick exactly. So so it's not really something that Anthony Ferkser is going to be the tight end. That those aren't really passing option uh, options, right? Another thing that we have to really like really think about is that Arthur Smith's gone. So is the new offensive coordinator just as committed to the same sort of play designs? Cause Arthur Smith is a is an offshoot of Kyle Shanahan. And he doesn't he doesn't run Shanahan's straight offense, but they run a lot of the same concepts and a lot of the same play action things. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh the way that I'll look at it is if he's going to get more, then I think he's going to do more, honestly. And I think you kind of highlighted it too. The the part that AJ the AJ Brown gets kind of slept on is his yak, he'll catch one of those short underneath slants and he's out on the entire secondary a uh, secondary. And and that's that sort of speed from somebody that big doesn't really make sense. Like and, and I know the next guy <laughs> that we're probably gonna talk about is just as fast, right? But yeah, I think that I think that AJ Brown is definitely Probably going to have a better year this year. I'll definitely say that honestly. That he's probably going to have a better year this year, even with all the coverages rolling over to him. You have to remember that Derrick Henry thing really opens things up. I think for him because you're still so worried about him. That offensive line really opens up things for him, and, and who's harder to tackle than him? So, and you know that they kind of want to do that. Let's just hope that the offensive coordinator sticks that way. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that AJ is gonna have a better year. I think this year.
0: So you know, between AJ Brown, another guy we're going to talk about today, DK Metcalf. But there's another receiver that was after, actually drafted before both of those guys, Debo Samuel. Who you taking, yes. AJ Brown or Debo Samuel?
1: I love Debo Samuel, man. I love him, man. And I was as a devout 49er fan, it hurts my heart, but yeah, it's gotta be AJ Brown at this point, man. It really is. I mean, you just think about you just think about this, you know, especially when you think about how they're deployed in different ways. AJ Brown is not gonna be used in that same way with Debo Samuel. And and if there was ever a guy to throw 50 50 balls to, or to have that play action open, especially in 2019, considering <laughs> how the effect effective the 49ers running game was. I mean, it's just it would be impossible to stop this offense right now, with AJ Brown. I love Debo Samuel. I'm not, that's no slight So are to you Debo. saying
0: that Kyle Shanahan made the wrong decision in drafting Debo Samuel over AJ Brown? <laughs> Is that you what you're this? saying?
1: <laughs> no, so I'm not saying that, but I, I think that, I think that he valued fit, his fit for what he wanted to do in the offense rego- over that. I'll say that. Yeah. I think that he said, so he had a vision for what, how you wanted to use Debo and you're clearly kind of seeing that, but uh yeah, I'm not going to go all the way and say he made the wrong decision, but I think that he valued fit over the talent. That's what I'll say.
0: All right, we got guy Jamal Armstrong in here. He said, "I don't think we can include Odell Beckham in that top tier anymore. He he can get there again, but he has the talent for sure. And the injuries have slowed him down. Uh, he got to show me something again." And and I agree. And that was why, if you kind of go back, you'll hear me say Odell Beckham early on. You know, clearly Odell has kind of tapered off. You know, you know due to you know due to injuries, and that's really unfortunate. Hopefully, he gets that hunger back, that grind back, and kind of returns back to being who was my favorite player early on. All right, so let's go to the next guy, all right? DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, singing his praises coming out. He was my wide receiver one. So I had DK, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel. Those were my wide receivers one, Mm -hmm. two, and three. Um, I was singing DK Metcalf's praises, and I thought there was a lot of criticism on him that was caused by a three cone. I I think that was the big thing. (laughs) That was the big thing where it was just like, Oh, you know, I saw all the jokes. He can't turn left, can't turn right, but he can run straight. He's only he's a one trick pony. And I think him running a four three only hurt him more after, you know, running the poor three cone and L drill. And uh, there were a lot of people that were really talking bad about him. But I liked him throughout all of that. I had him at wide receiver one At one point in the offseason when I thought that Bosa was going to go number one. I actually was saying 49ers need to take DK Metcalf at number two because I liked him that much on what he was, right? Like this, this really explosive receiver, able to win vertically. I thought teams would have a, a – defense defensive backs would have a tough time with him, especially like in man coverage. Um, you know, one thing that people forgot about, yes, he's not great maybe running double moves, but his quickness and power at the line of scrimmage was tremendous. Um, you know, I think people focus too much on maybe their thoughts on how a receiver is supposed to look and not so much on what this guy does extremely well. And he had elite traits of being able to run a few routes, right? Maybe he won't run routes like uh, uh, Stefan Diggs or something, but he run a slant with the best of them comebacks because of his vertical speed. Obviously, run goes crossers and posts, they're going to be extremely difficult to guard him on those routes because of just his physical capabilities. And we're seeing a lot of that translate to the NFL. Well, what are your thoughts on DK Metcalf and what you've seen from him so far and maybe where you see him headed?
1: Dude, it's so funny about the three-cone. That is the most overblown three-cone in the history of, I, I think, the combine, honestly. And and it, I don't know if that made other teams overthink that. I'm not here to speculate about that, but I'm just talking about from the perspective that you're talking about, how much hate he got online for the three-cone and everything as well. One thing you got to give Seattle a bunch of credit for is, it's is okay. If you see him struggling in a three-cone, are you going to have him intermediate routes running, like quick quick ins, outs? No, 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 no. Don't make him run those routes. Make him run those routes that you have. Thus also helps that Russell... Russell Wilson throws one of the best deep balls in the league. But you're absolutely right. DK Metcalf, they asked him to do the things that he excelled at. They didn't ask him to do things that they maybe he's struggling with or learning. It doesn't mean that he can't figure out a three-cone. He's just the biggest man <laughs> that is playing wide receiver at this point. And then when you see him run that fast, I do think it's a detriment. Like you said, it's a detriment because then people start to think, oh, he's only running nines. He's only going to be able to down, be down the field or a 50-50 catch guy. It's not that, honestly. I mean, the guy jumps. Have you seen him in, pre- in pregames jump over mm-hmm. the, like the, the goal? post to to bring in passes and stuff that stuff you can't teach honestly and 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 he's going into what year three right now I mean honestly I feel like yeah 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 and I feel like a lot of people just overthought it they just overthought it when it came to DK man and I I think that right now he's on his way if it's not this year to next year being a top five wide receiver I know 49 fans don't want to hear that but I mean honestly it's just too much he can get better he can. He absolutely yeah. can. The 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 other routes, the those routes that we're talking about in the three-cone, he can definitely excel in that. Like, honestly, I'm not going to tell him to drop weight or anything like that, but he can still do those things, I think. I think that he really can improve his game, and that's the scary part. The only thing that really held him back, because you talked about it, DK was on fire in the beginning of the year, like looking like one of those top guys, but then when that offense sputtered, it's not because DK wasn't playing well. It's just because the play calling Russ was holding the ball too long. A lot of things happened in Seattle that that caused his downturn in production. So I'm not going to hold that against him, especially when you when you layer in all the context from what happened in the season. You know, let Russ cook was good for a few weeks, and then that just fell apart, honestly. So I mean, I'm not going to hold that against him. I definitely think that if this offense with the new play caller that they have from the Rams, right? I believe they 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 pulled the guy who runs uh, something like McVay's yeah. thing. That should be great for them because they're going to be done with the Stone Age football of, you know, run it on one, run it on two and, and try to just let Russ yeah, do Russell his Wilson and DK
0: Metcalf bail us out on three. Exactly. I think I think a, a, an area where, you know, we can see him get better is if Seattle starts to move him around more. Right. For, you know, especially early on with Seattle, there was a lot of just line up on the left side and run a few different routes. Right. Well, how about starting to motion them down, motion them to tight splits, get them free releases, give them two-way goes on things? Like I think starting to utilize him in that way and him understand a little bit more of you know how he's able to win and different things that he can do, little nuances uh to his game within what works for him. I think that's when we'll see even a better version of DK Metcalf. And that's scary because I watched DK Metcalf and it's like, damn, looks like 49ers' DBs are kind of like, you know, a little timid, you know, when they have to go against that big dog. We saw the exchange between him and Jimmy Ward. Um, I like to see that, but you see how he's trying to be the bully on the field. Shout out to Jimmy Ward for not backing down. But those are things that 49ers are going to have to deal with twice a year for – I mean, however many years, and DK Metcalf, man, he's not going anywhere. If I had to guess, I'd say he's only going to get better. He's he's only going to get better. So that's a, scary, that's a scary thing. How do you think DK Metcalf plays if, or how do you think they utilize him if he doesn't have Russell Wilson? Because obviously this offseason there's a lot of talk about Russell Wilson wanting to get traded and disgruntled and all those things. I feel like he's been a pivotal part in bringing DK along, you know, uh having him stay with him or work out with him throughout off seasons, do you think that would affect maybe the trajectory of DK Metcalf not having yeah, Russell Wilson around?
1: It definitely would, Croc. And you know that if it was anybody else, honestly, Russell's skill set and his clash so well with if if we're talking about a guy who can go down the field and you know he can, and a guy who can throw it down the field like you know Russ can, then yes, it's gonna you know expedite the process. But if it was anybody else, like I mean, who would anybody that you get, unless you're getting Rodgers or Mahomes or, or one of those guys what's the upgrade from Russell Wilson seriously like I, I don't right. know who who the upgrade is so I, I there's no way for me to project a quarterback whoever it is if it's not one of those guys that I mentioned it's going to be a drop-off and that would be bad for Metcalf honestly their skill sets match because of how he throws the ball down the field and and he you know he does tend to give Metcalf a chance to go get it but he also throws a pretty deep ball down the field honestly and yeah man I mean I think that if 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 like let's say let's say they I don't know I'm just gonna pull a hypothetical let's say they just went from Matt Ryan to Russell Wilson somehow let's just make that up right I I think that Metcalf would even still have a drop off but it wouldn't be so severe right but you're not fetching that for Russ if you're doing that what 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 quarterback are you gonna bring in that wouldn't stunt his growth or or right. wouldn't hold him back in any way you know because it would have to be one of those mid-tier guys you know and stuff like that so
0: All right. So in our last guy, and then after this, we'll take some questions. I definitely see some good questions in here. Mm -hmm. Hang tight. We're going to get to all those questions for you guys. All right. Even the guy asking, why are are we talking about the Seahawks? All right. And um, uh, shout out to (laughs) Melissa in there. Shout out to Jamal. You guys answering the question for me. But the last guy, Justin uh, Jefferson. I I love
1: JJ, man. I love him, man.
0: JJ. All right. So Justin Jefferson, he was a guy. I remember talking about him. And saying, man, like, man, this is a Kyle Shanahan type guy. Like, I'm watching the way he plays, his physicality, his ability to make the contested catches, his ability to win vertically. I thought he had the vertical speed. There were a lot of guys that questioned if he could play outside. It was like, well, why are you going to draft a slot that high? And I'm like, dude, he's not just a slot. The year before, he played a ton of outside, was primarily an outside guy for LSU. Once Joe Brady got there and they went to more of a spread offense, he slid down into the slot. But he had the ability to play you know outside as well. And I think one thing that people are kind of missing, especially when they talk about slots, right? In the NFL, especially with the 49ers offense, they run a ton of tight splits. So, essentially they're lining up in a slot position but maybe just not slot. And when you look at the 49ers, they like their guys to be versatile, right? Every receiver that the 49ers have can play inside as well as outside, especially now that they don't have like, you know, Trent uh Trent Taylor. But uh, Justin Jefferson was someone that I was extremely high on to the point where I was tucking myself into the 49ers drafting him the night before. And I'm like, all right, guys, I think I think Jefferson's gonna be the pick. And there were, I got a lot of pushback. There were a lot of guys that liked him as well. Um, and then we see him get drafted by Minnesota, and I had him as my third receiver in that class. I had uh CD Lamb, I had uh Jerry Judy. And then Justin Jefferson. And if I was any bolder, I would have had Jefferson over, over uh, Judy. Over Judy, because there were certain things that I really liked. And I thought mm-hmm. you can't teach about uh, Jefferson game. Well, he goes to Minnesota, and I actually thought that with a similar style of offense as the 49ers round right, with the tight splits and those things, and having a guy like Thielen to play with, I thought that was a great spot for him, right? And But I never saw 1,400 yards coming. I don't think anybody did, right? Like, nope. that, that's amazing. What are your thoughts kind of on. Him and kind of maybe your thoughts on him coming out from LSU Mm -hmm. and where you see him headed.
1: Yeah, I love Justin Jefferson. And I think you nailed it when you when you talked about it. Everybody just talked about him as a slot receiver. Right. So um, I've actually pulled up some numbers. Um, Matt, I don't know if you know Matt Harmon from Mm -hmm. Yahoo Sports. Okay, so he does reception perception. He just charted Justin Jefferson, um, all of his routes, his success rates and how how. His percentage of routes run. So I'll get to that portion. But I wanted to touch on what you were talking about, about playing outside and being inside and everything as well, too. Because I think that that's lost on people about LSU changing their offense and moving him to the slot, playing slot out of necessity and not being there, like uh, being there as a fit, not being there like he has to play there. So, you know, so when it came to playing outside, when he was on press on 27.9 percent of his routes, he had an 82.3 success rate. Uh, according to Matt wow. Harmon on the, on those presses in man. It was 50% of the time that he was man up and he did 76% um, success rate on that. That's really high, honestly, for a guy off of, off of his first season, right? One of the best
0: verse press in the NFL, right? Or if not the best, I think I saw yep. something like that with PFF or something where Jefferson was like, was the best at beating press coverage, according to them
1: yep and then and then the footwork honestly this is what really jumps out see you could tell i'm excited about justin jefferson because i (laughs) I definitely loved watching him play this year another thing that i wanted to touch on is he did 1400 yards but he didn't take over 60 percent of the snaps until about like week three i believe he wasn't even really on the field the first two weeks they weren't really even featuring him at any point like at in those games like he would be on the field you would see him He would probably have a catch and go to the sideline but he wasn't featured until like week four and that goes to show you how prolific week four all the way through 16 was for him to compile all those numbers so when you when he when Matt Harmon checked all his route percentages and everything because I have it right here in front of me. Um, the the highest amount of routes that he ran were curls and slants. So curls he ran twelve percent of the twelve percent of the time, slants twenty four percent of the time. Okay, but then he ran digs ten percent of the time and outs nine percent of the time. So those routes indicate to me that's all footwork. That's all you yeah. you know being able to to work your work your defender get to your spot and, and be able to make those catches right. So I just want to hear I just want you to hear some of the success rates on these. Eighty yeah. percent on digs. on curls, 90% on slants, 70% on on outs, and that was his lowest percentage on any route that he ran. 70% success rate on those routes. This kid, and honestly, you know what you said too is so true about best fit. I know you don't want to hear this 49er fans. Kirk Cousins put the ball right where he needed to every time with Justin <laughs> Jefferson, man. I mean, yeah. like seriously, look, the guy's wide open. He's getting himself wide open, but he doesn't have to slow down. The ball's right there. Justin Jefferson's taking it and he's gritty and off into the touch, into the into the end zone, honestly. So I love Justin Jefferson. I think that honestly, I know that we just talked about AJ Brown being on the cusp of elite. I know that we talked about DK Metcalf. And I like that you brought up all these guys because I think they all are on the cusp of being elite. So what about Justin Jefferson that has staying power immediately when you're able to do this right off the bat in your first year um, with these sort of routes? I mean, he, he was good 70% of the time on nines, on corners, 70% of the time, 78 on, on posts. He didn't run those that many, but he was not losing any right. he was out there on the field, man. Justin Jefferson's a dog, man. And I, I wish the 49ers drafted him. Shout out to the Eagles for drafting Jalen Rager over him, though. I hope that makes you feel good.
0: My bad. I actually told the story, um, you know, I was in communication with the Eagles receiver coach at the time, and he had sent me a text message, and he was like, hey, what do you think about Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson? And I hadn't watched neither guy yet. Um, So I was like, you know, he was like, once you watch them, send me your notes, let me know what you think. So I watched both guys, and I came back with the conclusion that, hey, I like Justin Jefferson more than I like Jalen Rager. And I like Jalen Rager, but I like Jefferson more. And clearly when you look at my final rankings, I had Rager at like wide receiver seven or eight, where I had Jefferson at wide receiver three. So I liked him more. And I told him that. I never thought, though, that, you know, they were thinking about drafting. Maybe, you know, because when, when you're like a scout or you're a coach mm-hmm. or whatever, they just have you watch guys. And that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to draft one of the guys. But I bet it probably came down to the two guys and they ended up choosing Rager over him. And that's not to say that Rager isn't going to be successful moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Most guys aren't coming to the NFL and having <laughs> – nobody, no. nobody no. no rookie has ever done that, right? Come to the league no. and have 1,400 yards. Um, and, you know, but I think obviously the Eagles have other issues, right? The quarterback situation they have to get solidified. Um, you know, we'll Coach. see what happens with Jalen Hurts. You have a, a lot of other receivers that haven't panned out. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside think- over D.K. DK, DK Metcalf kind of- on the board. So you kind of see where that that whole thing is going, and kind of maybe the areas that they messed up. But going back to Justin Jefferson, do you see this being consistent? Maybe not to the tune of fourteen hundred yards. I mean, that, no. that's like a, a great season. But next year being a you know eleven hundred yard receiver.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just when you see how he wins, when you see the way he wins with his footwork, and you're talking about the routes, those aren't easy routes to win on. You know, the 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 gaps get close like. Close faster, you know this, crack. In the NFL, they close faster than they do in college. Being able to get yourself open with your feet and c- cause enough separation—that's another thing. I think that he led the league in in average yards on separation on 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 each of his routes. Honestly, so he, he, and like and that's and that's insane to have that happen within how long he played. Because remember, he wasn't playing earlier in the year; they didn't have a camp. That's the thing with with Justin Jefferson. So it's like, and the other thing is, is Adam Thielen helps, man. You know, you still have to watch him as well too, and that running game opens things up for him as well too. But it's just when I see the way he wins on the routes that he wins, that's when I start to think that he's really up there, honestly. And uh, to touch on your Rager point, there's a there's a video. I don't know if you saw it. Minnesota Minnesota's draft room. I think they were like right after them, or if they were, they were like maybe two picks after. They picked Jalen Rager and Mike Zimmer it was, was the like, next pick. I want to say it was, yeah, next, I want to say it was twenty-two right.
0: and twenty-three. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Mike Zimmer was like, they didn't take Jefferson. They were like, everybody in the room just started laughing. They were like, send the pick in. They were like, just go. Just send it <laughs> it. Like that's crazy, right? But I mean, in in that time, you really can't say anything because in that time, you're projecting. But now that we have a year of data, it's like, man, they kind of maybe got it right. But you're right, though. Jalen Rager has every opportunity now to 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 produce, and and like you said. Nobody comes in the league and just smashes 1,400 yards in their first year. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, no, that was that was some special stuff that we saw from Justin Jefferson. You know who reminded me a lot of Jeffers, Justin Jefferson but was just ma- missing that toughness? I- I'll give you a hint. He's somebody who hasn't panned out very well, but he had some of the same route running ability but lacked that physicality.
1: Dante Pettis? Dante Pettis.
0: That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like, man. That's he almost runs across like, like
1: him like a little, like with his arms, like a yeah. wagon and like, you know, and it's just, he, it, yeah, I, I could see that portion of it for sure. Wow, I'm glad that I got that right.
0: <laughs> yeah, just their, their ability to separate and, and win with routes. And, you know, we saw Dante Pettis have some success being able to, you know, with nice catch and run opportunities. But when you lack that physicality part of it, I think that's kind of where it kind of throws everything off, you know. So I, I said that we would get to some of the uh, questions here. We got LT, uh, Simple Jack, a.k.a. Rob Lauder in here. And he says, Where's Terry McLaurin fall into the picture for these guys?
1: I wanted to bring him up. When you said talk about other people, I think McLaurin is the one that I want to talk about the most. When you look at what he's done with the quarterback play that he's had, it's insane. And Brian Fitzpatrick is probably going to be the best quarterback he's ever played with at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, You know, I, I don't know who they, they intend to go with later on. Terry McLaurin just wins every single route. Honestly, I, I I don't know what it is about him when he's on the field. He's he's an absolute mismatch. Put your best guy on him, you're probably gonna lose. You just got to be able to get the ball near him. He's so good, man. He really is. And again, hate to keep bringing it up, but you know, Debo. I think Debo went ahead of McLaurin too, right? He went well, over. McLaurin was a ahead.
0: third round pick, so
1: yeah, man. You know, Terry, so AJ, Pram, Jalen, Hurd
0: – Jalen Hurd went. You can kind of Jalen Hurd went over here. Terry McLaurin, yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. I don't want to hear that. I really don't want to hear that. But no. (laughs) McLaurin's definitely on his way, too. He's definitely borderline elite. Like I said, a quarterback play means a lot. And now that offense is starting to move. You know, the Washington football team's a good team now. You're going to see a lot more from him. But yeah, man, McLaurin deserves a lot of attention right now, just in the same way we're talking about these guys.
0: I think they kind of failed McLaurin a little bit. You know, just... Putting guys around him, and now I like Damian Brown. They drafted Diamond Brown this yeah. year. I want to say Dami Brown maybe in the third round. I think that Samuel. was excellent because he was one of my top five receivers coming out in this class. Curtis Samuel, as you as you mentioned, got him from Carolina, and he's in the uh, you know explosive receiver. Still, it feels like kind of figuring his way, but he once he kind of learns to be a little bit more consistent, he can be a big time guy. And he was very productive last year as well. So you got you got you got Samuel coming over. I think now they have him with three guys that can kind of take a little bit off of his plate but the quarterback situation and we look at Fitzpatrick like you said definitely the best quarterback that he has played with but he's been inconsistent throughout the, well I don't even want to say inconsistent he's he's consistently inconsistent, inconsistent I was
1: about to say it's <laughs> you can set your watch to it yeah, yeah much.
0: As, as a quarterback and I think that's mm-hmm. one thing we'll, we'll see I, I think what we do know about Fitzpatrick he's going to give McLaurin a lot of opportunities yep. um, whether Fitzpatrick is right or wrong he's going to Force him the ball, get him the ball any way that he can, whether it's down the field, whether it's in tight windows, and maybe that's something I that could definitely help because I would love to play to go from playing with Alex Smith, check down Charlie, right, really not pushing the ball down the field, um, you know, and Dwayne probably not studying this playbook, Haskins, go from that to Fitzpatrick, who is going to be a good pro, um, not you know elite or any from any standards, but I think you know he's a he is a starting quarterback.
1: He'll execute. Ball.
0: Yeah, he and he'll execute. So we'll see how that whole thing goes from McLaurin. Are, are there any other young quarterbacks that you think you know might be taking? I mean, not quarterbacks, excuse me, uh, receivers that you think could be kind of trending upward out of young guys?
1: DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore is twenty three, I think, right now, honestly, uh-huh. and and that's insane to think. Is this what is his third year in the league already? And and now I think that because they drafted they drafted Terrence Marshall, so I think Terrence Marshall is actually gonna kick outside and you're going to see DJ Moore play in the slot and, Croc, I'll go out on a limb right now. If DJ Moore is exclusively in the slot, he's the best slot receiver in the league, honestly. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anybody that can be better than him at the way that he wins his routes. Sam Darnold's going to pepper him with targets there. They're going to run a lot more spread offense there. I really love what Matt Rule and those guys got going on over there with the weapons and such. But if DJ Moore gets kicked into the slot, I don't think that there's any slot corner that can clamp him, honestly. And I think that he would be the best of all of them if he primarily played in the slot. Now, CD Lamb primarily plays in the slot, but Mm I I don't really consider him a slot receiver. I think that that's more out of necessity because of Gallup and Cooper, and he's got to play there. So, right yeah. now, CD Lamb could probably be the best slot receiver. But we all know that once Michael Gallup's gone, CD Lamb goes to be right outside. And uh, I don't know if you saw that catch he made today in camp that they threw up there, honestly. Uh, CD Lamb? Yes.
0: <sighs> Who? Dude. Did the Cowboys put it up? Can yeah. we watch it with everybody? Let me yeah, see if I can yeah, find yeah, it. Right now. If, yeah, you see if you can find kind it. Of, so, kind of uh, describing.
1: Yeah, Dak threw up a 50-50 ball, and he just went up, and it was was beautiful, man. Like, there's nothing that the kid does wrong, honestly. That catch in Minnesota, the one where he's, like, falling on his back and, like, he he pulls the the ball out of the air, that kid is something else, man. He is so good, honestly, and you're definitely not wrong for having a wide receiver one. Even if Justin Jefferson did what he did last year, honestly, you could definitely see the trajectory for C.D. Lamb. He is so good, man.
0: I love the way he snatches the ball, uh, you know, away right there, and I think that's the underrated part of, you know, guys – Really catching those high point balls, being really good with that, the contested catches and things like that. Um, uh, you know, there are little things that some guys are just really better at than than other guys.
1: And yep. I think one that's- more thing, one more thing I wanted to touch on too, because you talked about CD being one and Judy being two and Jefferson being three. Do you know that Jerry Judy led the league in uncatchable uh targets with 20? Wow. Mm-hmm. So look, last year's receiver class, Brendan are Justin Jefferson, <laughs> um, C.D. Lamb, Cherry Judy. Wow, like we could down the line be looking back and saying, "Look at this class. Look at all of these guys." Honestly, and 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 be putting them up there with some of the best classes of all time. Honestly, if 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 everything breaks right for them, honestly, so yeah, just a crazy year with the draft. Honestly, I love talking receivers. Croc. this is my this is like the the best part. Like honestly, this is the, this is the only part that my non-football playing self uh, can like really like watch and at least like understand at least a little bit when it comes to like how they win and stuff like that. And um, man. yeah, man.
0: Well, shoes, I'm gonna have to have you on more often, man. Yeah. We get to Talking about some receivers and I think yep. that's a good note to end on can, real quick, Jason, can you tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find all your stuff?
1: Yeah, Croc. first of all, I want to say congratulations, man. You linking up with Brian, man. I think you guys are going to crush that over there. That's like a natural, natural thing, honestly, with that Lockdown 49ers thing. You guys are going to be amazing, man. I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that, you, that. You, know, you got that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with me, at Jason Aponte2103 on Twitter, um, Jason Aponte on YouTube, and um, Sprint Right Option Podcast, um, anywhere that you get your, your podcasts, and, and on YouTube as well. But and um, two skinny guy
0: podcasts, right? Podcast, right? Two,
1: yeah, two skinny dudes. Me and my guy Jared. Yeah, two <laughs> skinny dudes. Yeah, that's my guy, man. I know you know Jared, man. I love you know what you know what's the best part about this? When you said, when you put out on Twitter, like, oh, we're gonna talk about these three guys, I jumped at the chance. I love talking 49ers. But I don't want to always talk forty ers I love football you know and that's what i that's what I love <laughs> yeah. about talking with jared with jared we 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 talk about other teams he talks about the Steelers I get to you know I get to open up a little bit more so like i'm i'm I was jumping at the chance of like being able to talk about these guys man I love talking about the forty nineers I'm not trying to be yeah. like you well, know I, but I it's just
0: about. I talked about three receivers the other day and it's like, man, it's tough when it's just you and you can't bounce out ideas or conversation off of each other. So I'm like, you know what? When I go into like let me let me ask somebody and I was glad that you reached out. I was like, hey, DM me, man, let's do this, let's set this yeah. up. Yeah,
1: hey, I am with it. If you're gonna talk receivers, that's the part that I feel fairly confident in talking about. You know what I mean? How they win and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm with it, man. Definitely.
0: All right. Well, this is a receiver and defensive back podcast, man. So I'll have let's do you it. on more. I appreciate you coming on. You guys go ahead. Make sure you guys follow Jason. I'll try to put your YouTube and your Twitter stuff. I'll put all your information Thanks, in crap. the description below. Make sure you guys, if you're not already subscribed to this YouTube channel. All right. Crowd Talk TV. Subscribe. Hit that like button. I appreciate everybody coming on here. And I'm out. Go Lakers. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs>